Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield and Brother Bacon. Loud Pipes episode 190. We have another special guest in the house tonight. That's right, old man Slacker's back. It's been a while. We're going to catch up with him on all of his training. He's doing track days. His podcast is growing like ragweed. And Brother Hogan's in the house. Say what? What's up, Rico? <laughs> What's happening, peoples? It's been a where's long the, time. Where's the bacon? That's what I want to know. Where's the bacon? Know. <laughs> the only thing to make this show better is bacon. He's been replaced by the caramel the bacon. <laughs> Uh, are you drinking something, Carmel? I hope. Actually, I am. Speaking of that, I'm drinking a Yingling Lager. It's got nice. caramel in it, I'm sure. Sookie now. Look at that. That's nice. Well, I will, I will see your caramel, and we'll raise you something from Sierra Nevada. Oh. Hazy little thing. Also in a can. If I can. Ah, er- very nice. Ah. There we go. There it is. See, Rich has the discipline to wait till the show starts before he cracks that baby open. He's a professional. He's a professional. It's a I think tradition. You're need to, it's a you tradition. need to do that uh, Jedi mind trick again with your son so you can get a fresh one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> Daddy needs a beer. All right. I think that this audience is well familiar, but let's welcome in Chris Geis, a.k.a. Old Man Slacker in our clubhouse. Back to the show. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be with you guys. It's a, it, it feels like it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It feels like home, right? We've cleaned up a little bit, you know. It does actually. No, it's that's cool. It, it's cool. And uh yeah, I haven't I haven't uh yeah, haven't seen you guys in a while. So good to be with you. Nice. Well, why don't you start with your your podcast a bit? I know Sure. You've just completed 50 some episodes? Uh 56 I think went out today. Yeah. Melissa Paris. Very nice. Nice. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. I made, I, I made it, I made it past 50. So I think that's, I don't that's know. There's, good. there's some kind of significance in the world of podcasting, right? That is. I remember when we had just 56. I think it's seven. If you make it over seven, you're good. Over seven. Okay. Like I've heard different <laughs> things. Seven, 10, you it know, might have overshot. Rich, Rich keeps raising the bar anyway. So yeah, I think 200 is the mark. Now you got to hit 200. <laughs> you're not, you're not quite in it. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you guys at now? This is 190. One, oh, very nice. Congratulations. That, that's awesome. Yeah. 10 more that's, from my bike number. Yeah. At, at, at the pace I'm releasing episodes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be about 90 by the time I get to 190. So <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Like keeping a, it keeping does, a yeah. weekly cadence. If um, Rico and I talk about this all the time, when we first started, we were like, man, every week, you know, we started two weeks and then we got into it and then we went weekly and burned out of that. And yeah. Work. Yeah, I, I've been pretty good. It's about weekly. I, I at least record weekly. They don't always go out weekly. <laughs> like I've got, I've got one, you know, one in the can. I got to get out. Actually, I'm doing another one tomorrow night. So, you know, the, those the two, those two will probably go out next week. But yeah, right. but yeah, it's been it's been going good. It's a lot of fun. Well, give give us the elevator pitch. What's the quick uh, synopsis of the show, and then I want to yeah. talk about some of your more recent stuff because it seems like you're making just a tiny bit of transition, maybe. Just a little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, right? So I I went with the name, So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle, which, yes, that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, 
the, the reason was initially, you know, my idea was I was fairly new to riding, you know, and it's kind of one of the things I've talked about on the show is right. So I started riding about four years ago, 2016, you know, I got involved with podcasts. I was hanging out with you guys, um, you know, as a, you know, guest a couple of times. And then I got involved with throttle, which I you know, still co-hosting with throttle. And there was all, all this talk about, you know, the motorcycle industry and what's happening and it's like it's kind of shrinking and where's it going to go and is it going to be around in 10 years and i'm like oh hell no a lot of you know, sobbing like, and I, hand I, wringing I, back yeah you know i'm like i just i just discovered this thing i love it it's like i don't want to see it go away so i was like let me let me see what what could i do to try to help bring more people into the sport you know encourage people to get involved in whatever and so that, that's why i went with that name and initially that was the, the goal was to just you know reach out and bring in new people that's still one of my interests and it's still one of the things i'm working on but for a variety of reasons including one my own interests have evolved kind of as time goes and it's just an interesting thing and you guys probably know this it's like the people you know you, you know people that don't ride right but mm -hmm. The people, the, the people you associate with regarding motorcycles already ride, you know, so, you know, like I've got tons of friends on Facebook now that ride motorcycles, you know, I probably got 90, 90% of them ride motorcycles. Most of them don't like basically my connection is with people who ride. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, so this approach is not really reaching, you know, to bring in new people. So right. I was like, all right, well, let me kind of refocus it a little bit to more than just new people and just the idea of expanding doing what I can to help expand the activity of the sport of right. motorcycling. And so, you know, I kind of redid a, you know, my mission statement, which, you know, I read at the beginning of every podcast episode. And so it's kind of changed to helping doing what I can to help grow the sport by getting everyone to kind of take a look at what they're doing and maybe step up to the next level. Right. right? Because this way you're kind of, bringing bringing perhaps more people in right so if you want more new riders coming in and succeeding you need more instructors which means you need more people who aren't instructors to become instructors you know so it's kind of like if you're not a rider become a rider if you're a street rider become a better street rider right if, if you want to go getting, to the track get on the if track if you're getting dangerous on the street get on the track if you know you're doing the track thing and you really love it try some club racing if you're getting good at that do some pro racing you know yeah. that kind of thing and and just so that that's why i've you know, had a whole variety of guests, you know, racers and other people involved in motorcycle racing, you know, as well as instruction and training and whatever, just trying to, you know, make people aware of the resources that are out there. So. Very nice. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of been the deal. And that's one of the main things we want to talk about tonight. Sorry, Rico, we'll come right back. <laughs> one of the main things we want to talk about is I know you've done a lot of training for the street you know, we've talked at length offline about, you know, books that we've read, you know, twist the wrist and, you know, all the reading materials, all the videos. And I know you've done a bunch of, um, street training, like your Moto Jitsu practice and things like yeah. that. Right. And then you've taken it to the track and now you've had some track instruction. So that's right. one of the things we want to get into is, you know, kind of your motivation for the track instruction, but then how you think that translates back to the street and then the whole full circle of, you know, helping riders and growing new riders and things like that. Sure, so sure, definitely. You know, it's kind of interesting because one of the things I was thinking about a couple of days ago is that you know, loud pipes and you guys were actually have actually fit into that evolution of me as as a rider and a motorcyclist, right? So, like, I was thinking back to the first meetup, right? I was thinking back to the first meetup I did with you guys, 
Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know how much Rico, you know, you're not that, that involved in the Slack channel and whatever, but like, I remember I, it was like, this was a big debate for me. Right. Is it's like, okay, so we're going to be meeting up in Pennsylvania. It's like <laughs> all the way, like all the way off of Long Island and over bridges and whatever. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm like riding around in the neighborhood and that's like a big deal to me. It's like, I'm not up for like riding over bridges and through New York city. I actually had looked into running a trailer, you know, and, it, yeah. and actually that, that was one of the big benefits of the Slack channel. You know, I found, I just was like hey guys i'm thinking of trailering like what's involved and i remember that afternoon like everybody was yeah, you know, it's like get one of these and, and, one of the yeah, one of these. But, and it was really helpful i was like so I, I pretty much had it figured out how to do it and then you know it just it wasn't sitting right it's like oh, i don't know so like, i can't i can't wimp out like this right and trailer my bike to pennsylvania to the meet oh boy that's what that, i'm talking that, about that, 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 that doesn't make any sense and then i, I think i think the, the final straw was i was talking to gina about it and she's like she's like dude why don't you just ride just ride down. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> gina, so i was like gina. i was like you know yeah exactly i was like, you know what you're, you're absolutely right i need to do that so you know i scrapped the trailer uh, idea you know and uh, and i did and i rode and i survived and i made it um, it, it was a, it was a great learning experience. I was just ready for it. You know, I was just ready. You know, I'd done like a little on the highway riding and stuff, but I hadn't dealt with that kind of traffic and, you know, going over bridges and all that kind of stuff. Well, in distance, huh. how many, how many uh, miles was that one way? Uh, I forget exactly. It had to be a couple hundred. It was a couple hundred. Like that. Cause I think, I think, I think it's like, if, <laughs> if you go by Google maps, I think it was like a three hour ride. It, I think I turned into like a five hour ride or a six hour yeah. ride. And if I remember, right, we, I was supposed to meet you guys for dinner. I felt really bad because every time I stopped, I'd be texting with John. It's like, uh, all right, John. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just going to be a half an hour more. <laughs> you know? John's like, course, okay. Uh, <laughs> second course is out. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are like, you know, online waiting to get a table. Then you get a table. Then you like had the appetizers. I think the last time I texted him, he's like, He's like, dude, we're stretching out dessert as, as much as we can. <laughs> we'll probably just meet you afterwards. And actually, I, I think I finally hit the restaurant parking lot as you guys were ready to leave. Um, but, but anyway, it, it, was, it was awesome to do the riding. And, and so that was kind of the first thing that, that really got me doing some miles. And then, of course, we have to talk about uh, you know, the, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Because oh, of course. One, you know, one, once I got involved in that, then it was like, all right, dude, it's like the whatever, the, the whatever I got to do, whatever like, I got to you know, do, we're riding, we're, it's on. Yeah, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta ride to Southern New Jersey and you know hit hit some of the locations that Ted from uh, Motorcycle Man is hitting. Whatever I gotta do, you know, we gotta make this thing happen and get the points and stuff. So see, Kenny's not that far from me. I could probably get over there. <laughs> yeah, but so all right, so thank you, gentlemen, because honestly, and, and I don't. You know, I don't know that you specifically planned it for that reason, but it it did help get me out on the road and and really kind of expand as a rider. So, yeah, I think that was part of it, though. You know, oh, underlining yeah. what for thing sure. was I, to get people out there riding. Yeah, right. And, and, and it was good because, like, the meetup it was a it was a it was a thing to do. It was a goal. It was like, yeah, I want to meet up with these guys. I want to meet them in person. You know, I've been yeah. listening, you know, listening over the uh, the podcast waves for so long. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very nice. Are you coming down in October or too early to tell? Uh, too early to tell. I, I would love to. I don't. It, it's just, it's the time that I have to, you know, I have to give up a little work time. It's and a lot, lot farther than Gettysburg. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the idea. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And, you know, I really, anyone, if, if anyone's on the fence about going, I definitely think you should go. Yep. I may yeah. not be there, but you definitely should go and, and join these guys. I, I mean, the lesser thing is I'm not too concerned about it, but you know, it's like, 
it's kind of interesting, like as a New Yorker, you know, the, the whole COVID thing, right? So it's kind of like you've got this triad of Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey that are all where they're at. And it's kind of like we're all doing kind of good. And, you yeah. know, it's like we, we got to keep the outer staters out. Um, and so like the New York, New York State website, right, has this list of, you know, states. Like if you travel to any of these states and come back to New York, you're supposed to, you know, self-quarantine for 14 mm-hmm. days. So, you know, that's been factoring into some stuff just with Motor America. You know, like we did go to, you know, fortunately, Pennsylvania is not on the list. So Gene and I did go see Motor America at yeah. Pit Race in Pittsburgh, Pit which was really cool. Uh, I really would like to go to the Indy race. That's a ways out, but, you know, that one currently Indiana's on the list. Jersey's fine. So, we'll, you know, actually next yeah. weekend we'll be going to. Uh, is that next weekend? Jersey Motorsport. Not next this coming to the weekend after we're going to Jersey Motorsports Park. Okay. Which will be interesting because I've now ridden a motorcycle on that track. Nice. So That'll it, be it cool, will, huh? It will give me a different perspective on, you know, seeing the riders out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. So we saw Motor America run at VIR, but they run the North course. And in July, I did the yeah. full course. So I, it was cool to, to ride my bike on that track at speed at a place where you've actually watched a race. Yeah. So, you know, dipping through the same corners right where we were sitting and watching the bikes, it was so cool to ride through there. Just, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I am really slow. I think you saw my post, right? One, one of the cool things with California Superbike School is <laughs> they record your lap times as a transponder on every bike. And mm-hmm. actually, it was kind of funny because I knew lap times was part of the package, but I didn't see anything about times posted during the couple days. And right. I was like, I should really ask them what's going on. But I, what, I was not that worried about it. I was focused on other things. And then the day after I got home, I got an email saying, okay, here's the, here's, here's your lap time. But, but oh, so, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so Thunderbolt, right, which is the main, the main track, well, one of the main tracks at uh, Jersey Motorsports Park, which is where Moto America races. My best lap time was like a 215 or something. So I'm like, not, not that I expect it to be close or anything, but I'm like, I, I got to see what the Moto America like, What's Moto America time? Right. So 2019, what do they run? (laughs) They're actually not that far off Superbike, but it's like Bobier, you know, Bobier is still leading again in the championships. I'm like, all right, let me use him as the benchmark. So 2019, his best race lap was a 120. (laughs) You're like, oh my God. Oh, I am slow. I'm I'm like a minute off. This is not, this is not good. But, but I guess the good thing is this room, this, you know, this, Plenty of space to go up. You that's know, right. There's room, there's room right. for lots of room so. for growth. That's right. That means you get a lot now, more shots at yeah, it. You know, and it's interesting too because there, you know, in the lap times there was a 150, but I, I just looking at the other times, I can't. I just couldn't believe that that was a correct time. So I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to say I did a 150. Right. Um. You know, even though even though I could show you on the paper that that it's there, but that's cool. Oh. And that video was neat. It was like kind of like over the shoulder, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, that that's really cool. So uh, if you want, we'll kind of segue into Superbike School, you know, just a little bit, or I guess we'll kind of... Yeah, did, did you have a question earlier, Rico? You got oh, yeah, okay. cut off earlier. I didn't know if you had something. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just agreeing with the comment. Okay. Yeah. So so actually, I mean, before we jump into Superbike School, so so maybe just a little bit more of that progression, right? So honestly, like I said, so Loud Pipes was kind of really my first, right? So uh, Motorcycle Safety Foundation, Basic Ride. We popped this cherry. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So at, at 53 or whatever it was. So, um, you know, so basic rider course. Yeah. <laughs> basic rider 
course. Cheers. Um, <laughs> basic rider course, right? It's a good course, right? You, you, you learn the basic controls and you feel like you can handle a motorcycle and you go around the parking lot. I don't think you ever do more than what, 25 miles an hour. Right. And, and, and I think I talked about it on the loud pipe show and whatever, but I, I remember, you know, one of the things like in New York state, you complete the course. If they sign off for you, you get your motorcycle endorsement. You take the little card to motor vehicles and then they, they put the M stamp on your license. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, I was like a little nervous. I was pretty sure I had it, but you know, there were a couple of people they pulled aside to just kind of give the bad news. Uh, and they were like, yep, you know, no problem. You passed it. You got it. And I'm just like, wow, you know, okay, good. Um, you know, I made it. Right. Right. But, but I had no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, no, no illusion or delusion that I was like, ready 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 to right. ride on the street you're bringing like, up a turbo boost I, on the way I, home I, and hit it <laughs> like, yeah. you know it's like i managed this thing i did it i felt comfortable it was awesome i'm glad i did it i'm, I'm in this for life but i got to build some skills right yeah so that was just lots of riding around and you know the, the neighborhood and gina and i were, were laughing because we took a walk the other evening past the school that we used to ride to like that was that was a big outing we would like ride you know across the neighborhood to to the high school and just like ride around the parking lot do circles and figure eights and you know whatever kind of whatever kind of things we could dream up to do then okay moto jitsu you know i found out about uh, greg widmar and his moto jitsu program so that's a program for parking lot drills and stuff so i started learning about that so wait, and although i sorry I, before you go um, too farther yeah do you do you train now in the same place where you started no, actually, we, it's it's different a different spot. parking okay. lot. Actually, a bigger a bigger parking. I was lot. just wondering if, um, how that how that experience feels now after you know the different training and the courses and the classes and things like that. Like, what does your parking lot maneuvers feel like now? Oh, it was it was interesting to walk through this one parking lot where we first started and like remember like doing the <laughs> doing like a forty <laughs> foot circle, the, right? Like, yeah, the, the the shaky figure the eight, shakies, yeah. <laughs> like foot down all the time, and you know the the duck walk and, and the whole thing. Yeah, um, uh-huh. that's, that's really kind and of. Now you probably only need two parking spaces, <laughs> and right? yeah, pretty much. And you know now, actually, you know, at Superbike School, there was a situation where you know I was on the bike, BMW S one thousand RR, beautiful bike, but it's a sport bike, and it's not like it has the tightest turning radius. And after you do an exercise, you kind of come into the, the paddock area and they've got cones where you, you know, you line up and you park your bikes. They're all numbered and you, you park yep. in, in numeric order, right? And th- there was some confusion going on and bikes all over the place. And so I realized I had to make this pretty tight turn to get into the spot where my bike goes. And because of doing the low speed parking lot drills and whatever, one, I wasn't concerned. And two, it was not a problem. You know, I just, I just counterweighted the bike. I put it over the other way around and, you know, I park kickstand down and I was done. Meanwhile, the guys in the confusion, they're like backwards forward. You watch the next guy come in. (laughs) (laughs) Amateur. What the heck? But, but so the interesting thing with Moto Jitsu is, you know, I am not ready to even test out for the first belt. You know, I have not spent like hours and hours doing the exercises, although I recommend them, you know, for any rider. The, the main thing that it did for me was with each belt in his booklet, you know, Greg Widmar lists recommended reading. And so that was, that's the thing that really was a big help to me. It's some of the books and stuff I had known about, but it's like, okay, when you're doing white belt, read twist of the wrist, watch the video, do this kind of thing. And, and for each belt, he lists out. So right away, it was just like a quick summary of everything that's out there. You know, all the best videos, books, and whatever on motorcycle riding and technique. So that's kind of what, you know, I'd known about California Superbike School, but that's kind of put the 
the the thought in the back of my head, yeah, right. I want to do that one of these days. So then, so the next thing I did was this uh, corner college done by this guy Tom Walker, who uh, actually unfortunately got injured, but he was an instructor up at New York Safety Track, and uh, so he put this thing together basically to help people who you know done with basic rider course that wanted to learn a little bit more about handling a bike. So in a parking lot setting, so it's still 25, maybe 30 miles an hour, but basically he would, you know, he teaches you body position, getting your, you know, upper body off the bike, leaning off the bike and and had a pretty good program he had put together. You know, so you'd Sucking be doing you, so you'd be doing like you know, 20 foot, you know, eventually 20 foot diameter circle in the parking lot at a pretty good clip like off the bike. And and I, I don't know that I was all that great at it, but it it showed me the capabilities that I did that on the Z900 RS. You know, it showed me the capabilities of the bike and the fact that it made it very clear to me that I was not riding anywhere to either my limits or the limits of the bike. Hmm. So so that was kind of the first. That was out on the track, but he, he did track and a bunch of the students in his class actually had done track days with him. So it was kind of like that was now hmm track days okay this sounds, <laughs> this sounds interesting you know and one of the guys in the class had a panigale v4s you know really really cool bike there was a guy who had a buell uh something whatever the heck it was you know like the sport bike and, and whatever so nice. i was like all right this is kind of like these, these guys they've ridden the track and they're doing this guy's course so that was kind of cool and then uh yeah so from there it was just a bunch of street riding and stuff and then finally got to be time actually it was what you call it when i was uh International Motorcycle Show. So California Superbike School, they had a booth. I was like, reminded me I wanted to sign up. It wasn't like a huge savings, but it was like 50 bucks off if you signed up that at week. The booth, yeah. Oh, at the booth. So I signed up for their two-day camp, $2,500, $2,550, and I saved the $50. And basically that's, you know, the, the two days of instruction includes the track time, all the gear, and rental of the BMW S1000RR, and, and lunch and breakfast and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that 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 kind of so that that kind of put that there for the future. And initially, I was going to do it in May. COVID was actually funny. I was like, "Cancels a lot of things." Here we go. I can't wait. And then, okay, COVID, and then you know whatever. We we all know what happened. Everything shuts down. I got the eventual email. Sorry, you know, Jersey Motorsports Park is shut down. We can't do it. So I rescheduled for August, um, which was like it it seemed like forever to go from May to like August. I mean, it's only a couple months, but to me. Uh, and that, anyway, that's why I started going up to New York safety track. Cause I wanted to do something in between, you know, it's like, I'm not going to wait till August to get on the track. I really want to do this thing. And I also thought, you know, what the heck it'll give me a taste of what it's all about. You know, before I go do this $2,500 thing, I, you know, I signed up for, uh, give me a chance to get my feet wet a little bit. So you did, I'm trying to say you did two track days before you did the California Superbike school, right? Three actually. Or so three. I did their rookie day, which they do, I think, once a month. Excellent program because it is, you know, normally it's 20-minute sessions for the three different classes. Right. When they do a rookie day, they add a fourth. So you have 15-minute sessions. So for that 15 minutes, it's just you and other people that have never been on the track before. Um, and they, they're pretty good at, you know, indoctrinating you to the whole thing, taking you step-by-step, step, holding your hand, you know, after every session yeah. you meet with the instructors. They, they talk about you know, technique and what you could do, what troubles did you have, you know, those kind of things. Um, then yeah, the first track day can be, can be a hot mess. I mean, there's so much going on. You have to understand like just the way things operate and the schedule and, you know, forget about, you know, trying to be fast on the track. You're just trying to figure out how this whole thing works. 
you know, from yeah. tech inspection to, okay, you know, you're up and then we go out in groups and packs and right. control rider, and, and, you know, tap to pass. And you're like, ah, it's like so much information. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, maybe they're all like this, or maybe it's, you know, more just New York safety track. It, it's a great bunch of people, very friendly, very helpful, but yeah. it's not, it's, you know, even though they do this rookie program, which is really good, you know, it's a bunch of guys that are there all the time. A lot of them are there almost every weekend. So you got to ask a lot of questions and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, so you pull up to the front gate, there's a guy, a little, you know, thing signs you in, you got to sign the release waiver. And then it's kind of, okay, like now you're, you're on your own down there. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I need to get tech inspection. Where does that happen? Uh, it's, it's over there by that tent. Okay, cool. Um, Am I supposed to have a sticker after tech inspection? <laughs> Stuff. Yeah. So that first one in it, I've talked about this with someone at work who's looking into getting into track days. And I said, if at all possible, just go with somebody who's been there before and they can just help guide you through the process. And then you can focus on getting yourself on the track. Right. Cause my first one was like that. I went with Alan and you know, he just kind of was like, all right, well at this time we got to go over here. We're going to, you know, you take your bike, take your gear. And then when that's done, we have to go back at eight for the riders meeting. And just, he just helped set the expectations of what to do throughout the day. And that was great. Yeah. yeah. No, and that, then even riding advice too, like, you know, first couple of times out, focus on this, don't worry about this other stuff. And then later in the day, you know, work on that. So that was great. Yeah, that's cool. And then that, that was a big advantage of doing this novice day because the, the track personnel took you through those steps for the most part. It was just getting up to that point, you know, getting into that group. And then once you're in that group, you know, you're That's pretty cool. well cared for. Yeah. And then, uh, after that I did the writer's Academy, which is a one day thing. This guy, Manny Bastos, who trained with, actually, he was the first, what they call it CCC, something certified coach or something. He was yeah. the first one trained by Yamaha champions to be a coach for their, you know, their mm. method. Um, so he started this uh, Riders Academy school up at New York Safety Track. So that's now you know, their training program. You know, there's other track day organizations that do things on the days that they're there. Right. This is this is the one that New York Safety Track has. So did that. That was a one day thing, which is really good. And then uh, I did a novice day. So it was three days before I hit, you know, New Jersey nice. Sports Park. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I Sweet. I can't wait to hear about that because I've done what is it six days now? Six track days. Nice. you know almost all at at um one track and then the, the single day at vir but i think i'm at the point now where i want to invest more in myself in terms of the education and some some good focused instruction i don't know if it needs to be one-on-one -on -one, but you know we've talked about yamaha's champ school several times and so that's why i'm curious to see what you took away from that now that you've done a few track days and see you know where you're going to go next sure so uh, you know it is interesting because, you know, one thing I'll say is, um, you know, I, I recently had the guys from N2 Track Days on my podcast. Yeah. Um, good show, they, by the way. Very good. Oh, thank you. Good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, both of those guys are Yamaha champions trained instructors. So they, mm -hmm. they teach for Yamaha champions. Um, I don't know that they've done, but they're at least familiar with California Superbike School. You know, they said they prefer Yamaha champions methodology. And so that's what they apply, you know, in, in their program for N2 track days. Um, Manny Bastos said the same thing. He did all four levels of California Superbike School and, and he trained with Yamaha champions. He kind of prefers that approach. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I haven't done Yamaha champions yet. I'd like to because, you know, I think 
what the heck, you know, if you have the money for it, you know, why, why not do as many as you can? Cause I think each of them is going to like anything, each will have their strengths, you know, and weaknesses. And so I kind of be curious to see, to compare them, but that, that right. a criticism I've heard of Superbike school is that and it's not that they force you, but the, the approach is everybody does the same levels, no matter where you're starting from. Okay. So no matter how much experience you have street track or whatever, and I, I guess that if they're working with a pro racer or something, it's going to be different. But for the most part, you do California Superbike School, first thing you're going to do is level one. And each of their levels takes a day. So you do one, two, three. You know, you could do one a year, one every two years, or you could you know, sign up and do them over four days, whatever you want to do. Um, but basically, they walk you through the first three, which are standard for everyone. And then level four is one you can repeat as many times as you want, where they custom tailor. They basically see where you're at with your riding scale skills, what you need help with, and then they custom tailor a program for that day to work and help you improve whatever you need help with. What's the, and, what's the ratio of uh, instructor to student? Um, but for the intro, it's, it's probably a bigger group, but as you get going... It's supposed it? to be... Yeah, if you do... There's a number of things they do, right? So they do individual days. They do this two-day camp, you know, where it's basically everyone is doing this... this you know, two day program, two levels, you know, one and two, three and four, whatever it happens to apply to you. Uh, everyone's renting one of their bikes. So in, in the two day camp, it's, it's one to two. So one, one instructor to two students. Um, okay. what was, what was interesting was by the end of the second day, I had two instructors, um, <laughs> for me. So I had, I was, you know, following a guy and I had a guy behind me <laughs> to critique. Um, and the reason it worked out that way was my instructor was, training another guy who's interested in being a super bike school instructor. So he was instructing me and another student, as well as having this guy, the, the, the other instructor was mostly coaching the other student, the other student, just by the middle of the second day, he, he enjoyed it. He got a lot out of it, but he just was like, he, he was done. You know, he was having problems with his back and they actually had switched him. He was having a hell of a time on the sport bike. And then they switched him to an F800 uh -huh. upright sitting position. He's got back problems or something. So they was, did the best they could. Participate, just yeah, exactly. So, much, and yeah. and they, they did what they could to accommodate him and make him comfortable. It was actually, it was funny because on the first day I had seen at the opening of the garage, basically it was kind of cool. They basically use like the, the big big huge garage like when Motor america is there yep. you know the, the the like the twins cup guys like the guys that don't have their own big rigs and tents like they're all in this big garage area so superbike school had that whole space and in the corner of the garage they had this big cardboard box with foam blocks and it was labeled helmet foam and i'm like <laughs> what what the heck is this right and anyway I, I i realized later as they were helping this guy he was initially having difficulty on the S1000RR because of his helmet. He had kind of a really, actually it was interesting. He had a modular helmet, which I was surprised they let yeah, they him don't use, which I know for most track days, they don't allow whatever, maybe because the speeds involved, they're not that concerned about it. But he was, you know, when he was in a kind of a tucked position, he was having trouble seeing out through his visor. So they said, well, that's a common problem. And our solution is you're going to take your helmet off and we're going to put this foam block on your head and you're going to put your helmet on and it lifts it just enough <laughs> that you can get good vision. And then it ended up, he was having trouble with his back. So they, they put him on the other bike. So anyway, yeah. point, point being, they did a pretty good job of you know, making people comfortable so that they're, they're getting most out of it that they can. So what, what was the thing you improved the most on, do you think, going through that? that class. And I know I, from looking at your, your Facebook posts and things like that, that you, you were focused mainly on 
was it eyes and hands and bike placement yeah, was so, kind of the first so level level one is bike control so throttle control brakes steering okay you know, but ba- basically getting you to look at what you're doing in those things and to improve your skill your smoothness and things with those so the, like the first drill you do is basically you ride the track throttle only no brakes mm. um which is good. It's, it's a really good exercise, you know, just to learn, modulate the throttle. So, you know, you can mm-hmm. wend your way around without getting into trouble. Uh, level two is basically related to vision, you know, getting you to start thinking about or to get you to, to, to look at where, where you're looking and how to use your vision the best to open up the turns, give yourself more time to think and plan and that kind of thing. Level three, haven't done yet, but, you know, I'm looking forward to basically gets into man-machine interface. That's where they start teaching you body position as okay. well as other things and then like i said level four is custom custom, custom for for whatever you need kind of thing and it, it's interesting because i heard about this guys and, and obviously guys that have a little coin in their pocket but but there's a guy that's done level four a hundred times <laughs> it's like his i don't know i don't know maybe maybe that's his only way of doing track days or whatever but he you know and, and they said every t- every time he does it he gets something out of it so nice. you know I, I guess he's gotten really really good you know, but that's, that's an investment. <laughs> nice. That's an investment. Yeah. So, but, that, um, yeah, so like it, the things I got out of it, like things that I improved on, and it was kind of interesting. And, you know, I've talked about, so I talked a little bit about this on throttled, you know, one of the criticisms of California super bike school is because there's this fixed program of levels one, two, three, and everybody starts at the same place. Some people feel it starts too simple and it's like, well, I, I don't need to do that basic stuff. Right. Um, and, and, I kind of felt initially, you know, maybe through towards the end of the first day, like, yeah, like I kind of feel like I'm taking a step backwards, you know, not, not that I have any great body position, but like, if you look at photos I posted from New York safety track by like the third track day I did, I'm really starting to get upper body off right. center line of the right. bike, actually getting a little bit of a triangle, like, um, Yamaha champions, right. I recently saw their post, the triangle, yeah. you know, and your, your leg being out into the turn or whatever, you know, starting to get some good body position. But levels one and two, they don't talk about it at all. Now, it's not like they would stop you. You know, if, if you're a good rider if you were, and you're hanging, if you were doing you're it, hanging, they wouldn't stop you. Yeah, yeah, if you're hanging off the bike the proper way, they're not going to say, don't do that. But I was like, you know what? Let me, I've got limited experience. Let me just learn California Superbike School way of doing things. So whatever they say to do is what is what I'm going to do so yeah. I can just get the, the most out of this. Follow the program, right? Right. So you know, and going through the, the, the drills and stuff, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm not trail breaking, which I was getting pretty decent at, you know, I'm not putting my body off the bike. It's like, is this right? Am I kind of going backwards on the whole thing? But mm-hmm. the point I'm getting to is, you know, after going through the first day and then in particular the second day, I, I was glad I took that approach because there honestly was enough to focus on with what they were teaching and getting you to practice. So one of the things, a couple of things I picked up that either I misunderstood or just never really got in other things I've done was one was the idea. And again, this is not a race school. They say it's not a race school, right? right but right. It, it is geared towards, they're very much focused on helping you find the fastest way around the track. So it's kind of like race school. Right. But they're not uh, but, teaching you like race craft and all that stuff. It's, ex- exactly right. They're not, they don't get yeah. into all that stuff. But so one of the things I had not thought with was, you know, basically what they said is, when you're getting into the turn, before your turning point, you want to be fully off the throttle. 
And I was accustomed in many cases, especially street riding and you know, street riding is different, right? It's yeah, not, you know, there, yeah. there's track and there's street. So I'm not saying this is wrong for the street, but I was accustomed even on the track, like at New York safety track, um, you know, not being fully off the throttle, you know, coming off the throttle, going into a turn, tipping in, you know, maybe on the throttle and then increasing throttle. So it's like, no, you know, the point was the bike is easiest to turn in when you're off the throttle. So you come in, however fast you're coming, you break, you get to your turn in point, you're off the throttle. Uh, so that, that was one thing I picked up. The other thing was one of the exercises on the first day is what they call quick turn, where basically you're focusing on how much pressure you put into the handlebars when you're counter steering to get to lean into the turn. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really interesting because when you get it right, it's, it's funny because they, they, like, they said, yeah, exactly. They you go from you, breaking and, to floop. Yeah. And, and so you guys probably have experienced this, but if you haven't, you know, they say in the classroom, so you're going to do this thing and that bike is just going to flick right onto your line. And you're like, what flick? What, what, what's flick? Yeah. What the, right? And then you go out and you do it <laughs> and you get it right and you do just enough. And it's like, damn, the bike just goes bonk like that. It just, you know, you're going in, here's my turning point, bam. And then the bike just gets online, right? So, right. So, so you're off the throttle, turning point, quick turn, and then you're on the gas, you know, going through. And, and that was the other thing was a little throttle uh, through the uh, corner. Like yeah, maintenance like, throttle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, I've heard like uh Fast Eddie will talk about this in some of his videos, and I think it comes from Yamaha Champions that you don't get on the gas till you're happy with your speed and direction. And somehow, and I'm not saying they say this, but somehow I got the idea that kind of happens when you've hit your apex. So because right. I'm like, because I'm like, how you know, you don't see the exit, what's your speed and direction until you've hit the apex, right? So that was my thinking was, okay, so you hit the apex and then you're happy with your speed and direction to the exit and then you get on the gas. Right. But no. then you realize, no, you can be happy with your speed and direction and, well before that. <laughs> and, and so the point they make is you, you flick into the turn and when you're happy that you're on your line, then you get on the gas. A little bit. And, and it's, you're like, oh, wow, so I can be on the gas before my apex. Oh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Well, and you had you had Dave Moss on the show. Like he talks about that too. Like, you know, you shouldn't be coasting all that well, much. I, you I, should be either applying brake or applying throttle. I, I was going to mention that because I had actually asked him when I was up at Safety Track second or third day. I was trying to figure out what tire pressures to use, and so I actually I had posted some stuff on Facebook and tagged him in the hopes that he would see it. And sure enough, he did. And he was like, hey, Chris, this is what you need to do. You need to go up two pounds in the back and you need to ease off in the front just by looking at my tires, right? And, and he did mention, right, because one of the things, I, I guess it's that kind of uh, the pilling of rubber that you get on the like leading edge of the sipes, right, in the yeah. tire, you don't have slicks. And that's one of the things he said is he said, the only thing I see is you're coasting, but eventually that'll go away. That'll go away, yeah. So, yeah. That, that's something I need to work on. They haven't talked about that yet in Superbike School. I don't know if that's level three or, or level four. What, reading, so that, reading tire wear? <laughs> yeah. Well, not reading, but not coasting. Yeah, yeah. Right, because if you're coasting, you're not getting your best lap time. Um, all right, so it was those things. And then the other thing was day two with the vision, they talk about this two-step and three-step, which basically is, and I actually, I may be getting the names of the drills mixed up so there's one thing where they just get you you know to, to to look for your turning point and then you hit turning point and then you're looking for your apex right so you're always looking ahead you hit your apex you look for your exit from the turn and i don't know if it's called two-step or three-step but there's an exercise where they point out <clears throat> you don't want to wait until you hit the point right so you come into your entry point 
once you're confident you're going to hit the entry point, whether you're 10 feet away or 100 feet away, you look to your apex. And the, the bike, don't worry. It's like, don't worry. You're, you're going to hit your entry point <laughs> and you're going to be online. And because you're looking at the apex, guess what? You're going to hit the apex. I can go that way. Yep. Yeah. And then once you're confident you're going to hit the apex, you know, 10 foot, 50 feet away, then you're looking at your apex. <laughs> so yeah. so that, 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 that was really helpful. And then just the coaching, you know, so second day, it was kind of funny. It was, it was in the afternoon and the, the coach pulled me aside and he goes, he goes, you're doing really good with this, you know, the drills today. He said, the one thing I've been wanting to point out, but I didn't want to in, you know, interfere with what you're doing is I noticed you're not doing the quick turn anymore. I was like, really? And I, it's like, I, I didn't doubt him, but I'm like, hmm, I could swear I was doing quick turn. So I was like, all right, this time out, I want you to focus on that. And sure enough, it's like, I'm like, okay, we're going to do quick turn. And I'm like, Damn if that bike wasn't snapping right yeah. online. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Like, yeah, it was so so that that's like how good the coaching is. And you know, it's not just California Superbike School. I've had that at New York Safety Track. I'm sure you've had it, you know, with the coaches you have. But that that's one thing that stood out for me so far more than anything. When you have a good coach, if you're willing to listen, like they will point something out. You know, and, and it even may be, look, you don't have to believe me, but I'm just telling you, this is what I see. Why don't you try this? And then you try it and it solves the thing like you knew you had a problem, but you weren't quite sure what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the problem goes away. So, mm. yeah. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. So now I, I guess I'm wondering how you bring any of that back to the street. You know, how does that translate to street riding or have you thought that far? Cause yeah. this was only what a week or two ago. Yeah, it was two week and a half ago, something ago. like that. Um, yeah, actually, I, I was applying it on Sunday. June and I went for a ride just to to get some lunch. And it's like, slow down. So, <laughs> no, well, I mean, normally I let her lead one because she's still she's still getting comfortable on the street and street riding and stuff. Yeah, which is one of the reasons we did the dirt bike academy, which that's that's a separate topic. Oh. Um, but so normally I let her lead at her pace, and then I follow, particularly because she gets spooked if there's cars and. I, you know, I know this is true in a lot of places, but Long Island in particular, cars will be right up your ass. No, you're, you're, yeah, you're on a bike. You're kidding. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm at like, I honestly don't care anymore. Like I've got, I've gotten that comfortable on the bike. It doesn't bother me, but it, it shakes her. So I'm like, okay, you, you lead, I'll, 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 you know, I'll follow. And all right. So I was just thinking with the different exercises that they talk about level one and two. And one of the things I was doing was, you know, focusing on this thing of, you know, of sight and looking where you're going. And I don't know if you guys have probably had this, right. You know, you know about target fixation, right. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing because I always, I I always, right. Yeah. I I always understood it or or thought with it in terms of the guy that runs off the cliff or off the road or something like that. Right. You know, it's like the car is coming at him and he target fixates and he hits the car and like, okay, good. So I got that. But I ran through a pothole that I didn't want to run through. So I'm like, what am I doing? Obviously, I looked at the pothole. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> let, let me think a little bit it about what, what they talked about. Exactly. So I was just playing a game, and, and we happened to be on a really rough section of road. So I'm like, okay, good. So I see two potholes up there. So I'm looking at the spot in between, and that's where the bike is going to go. And as soon as I was certain that's where the bike was going to go, then I was looking for the next spot. And yeah. I was able to hit everything I wanted to hit, you know, I could hit that little white spot. I could hit that chalk mark. I could hit the, you know, whatever. Um, so just that, that alone, yeah. like that confidence in knowing the bike, the bike's going to go where you're looking and want it to go. That's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I worked on that 
at my last uh, CMP track day. So it's brand new pavement. So there's next to no reference marks on the track at all. So anything that you could have used before, like, you know, a seam or a patch of pavement or anything like none of that existed anymore. So it's all whatever's on the side and the carousel, um, I forget the turn number, but the carousel, you kind of come in, you make a short left and then you make this kind of forever, right? Which it can have a couple of different apexes depending on how you run through there. And on the old track, I was used to just running through there through the middle because it was rough and there was seams in the pavement. And I just tried to avoid that. So I wasn't really trying to make like a double apex or anything crazy. I was just trying to avoid the seams in the pavement. Right. So now on the new surface, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's the fastest way around here? You know, I want to be outside here, inside. Then I want to run out to the rumble strips here. And then I want to make a second apex and then set up the drive down to seven. And after the the first left, I was having a hard time keeping the bike out to the left-hand side. It's like, because I started to realize, okay, I want to be farther left here, and then I want to apex this next section and set me up for the middle part of the carousel. And I just couldn't get the damn bike to go to the left. And I started doing what you're saying. is that I found a spot on the track, and I just said, okay, I want the bike to go there. And I looked over there, and sure enough, the bike run right over that spot, and off I went. Right. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, it works. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. There's, um, Jersey motorsports park. There's a section. It's a couple, couple turns after the main straightaway. Basically it's a rise. So it's kind of a blind rise. So you have to know the track, right? Because, you know, ideally you're just full on the gas flying over this thing. Like the first time you don't know where it goes, right? (laughs) Is it left? Does it go left? Does it it go right? Whatever it does. Um, but so one one of the things you know, I was coached on was in, in terms of handling that thing, right? Because sometimes you don't see the apex, so you need you know midpoint, a mid apex or something, right? So in this case, what they were talking about is like, okay, well, you know, so so you're approaching this ridge and this drop off, you don't necessarily have any marks, but it's like pick something. So even if it's like, I want to be thirty percent of the way over from right. the right side of the track, right, and, and try that, and if that was wrong one way or the other, then yeah. next time do 25% or 40, do 30 or 20, 35% yeah. or what it happens to be. But just that idea of pick something <laughs> and then you can constantly adjust it. And that, that that's the thing. Like I really want to do a couple more track days before I do any more training. Cause I really want to start applying the stuff that I learned and in particular, paying more attention to reference points. You know, it's definitely something they talk about and there's some drills, yeah. but I'm still not at the point where I have a reference point like for, well, for each spot. They, track, they, yeah. Right? You have they, a general they idea. They have but. it. Yeah. They have it marked out for you, which really helps. Like it, it rained the first day. They knew the rain was coming. So they had just kind of put out some cones and stuff after the rain went and the track dried out, they put tape down, you know, basically on your turn in your exit, uh, your, your apex and your exit point, which makes it really, really simple. Cause then you don't have to, you don't have to find reference points. You can just do the drill. That's nice. But, Coming to a track, you know, in safety track, they have cones and stuff to mark, but I need to start learning to, to consciously pick my reference points mm-hmm. and adjust them accordingly. And so it is really interesting. You know, you, after a session, you sit with the coach and he goes, okay, how'd it go? Well, I was having trouble over here. Well, what was your problem? Well, you know, I kind of got into the turn and then I felt like I was lost before, you know, 
Motorsport, Jersey Motorsports Park has some really big sweepers. It's, it's like yeah. a really cool track layout. And he's like, well, you missed and, the first marker. You weren't going to get well, the second one and, and definitely so, weren't getting the third so, one. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, okay, I got that. He's like, so when you were there, where were you looking? And you know, you think for a You're second, like, I don't like, know. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. He's like, exactly. So, <laughs> he's like, next time I want you to look at something. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Alan and I have similar <laughs> conversations at the track because I'm like, he's like, man, you were really wide in that left-hander. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hit my mark. And he's like, well, what were you focusing on? And I'm like, I'm not really sure. I just know I was wide. <laughs> and then he yeah, passed me again. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was another thing too where we're talking and you know I was having trouble hitting an, an apex, and so he goes, okay, got it. You know, so that's the section we've identified what what part of the turn or whatever what were you looking at? And I was like, well, I was looking at this spot on the curbing. So he's like, where do you think the bike was pointing? Oh, the curbing. Exactly. Why do you think you didn't hit your apex? <laughs> you know, or why do you think you early apex or whatever? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really subtle. And it's something this guy Manny had mentioned, you know, when I did the riders Academy, you know, he's like, this stuff is very simple. You know, like, like riding a motorcycle street track is actually pretty simple. But there's a lot of nuance to it. There's, if you want to do it well, there's really a lot to, 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 to know and yeah. to, to you know, keep, keep all the balls in the air or whatever. Got it. So I guess vision then. Vision would be a big takeaway for the street. You can apply you know, vision exercises and training to almost anything. Yep, yep. You know, whether you're trying to get, get an apex or you're just trying to be on the safe lane you know, as you make yeah. a, an unfamiliar turn, then you know, your vision is going to pay off. Yeah. And it's cool too, because this is something that uh, Keith Code talks about in Twist of the Wrist, but they, they bring a lot of kind of uh, science into it, right? So they, they back up the things that they say. You know, there's a reason for why they have the, the methods that they have. So one of the things of vision that they talk about is saccades, which is basically the times when you move your eyes from, from one point to another. And because of how the eye works and how the brain works, the basic concept I got out of it is as you move your eye, you're basically getting multiple images on your retina, you know, yeah. as you're moving your eyes. And so it causes a blurry image that you really can't do anything with. So as, as you're moving your eyes, your brain basically disconnects from your retina. So there's a blank period that you're actually right. missing. You're actually not seeing anything. So you re blind. refocus. Yeah. So a thing again is they, they train you into minimizing the number of times you're moving your eyes. So if, if you're going through a turn and that's one of the things that the camera bike is your good head. for, because the way they mount the camera, it's back behind your shoulder so they can see body position as well as where you're looking. If you're like doing this, they're going to correct you, you know, or, or even, I mean, they don't see your eyes, but you know, if you're like darting your eyes all over the place, your head's going to move um, a little bit. They should be able yeah. to see that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I'm, I don't have any interest in moving out of the novice group because that adds a lot more passing. Yeah. And as you're trying to learn, that can be a lot more distracting. You know, you're, you're focusing on your points and you're trying to just focus on that. And now you've got somebody trying to go around you, around you. Right. You know, so that's, that can be very upsetting, especially if you're not used to being passed and passing other bikes and things like yeah. that. I mean, the plus side possibly, I mean, it should be the case that the passes should be better. But it's interesting, yep. um, 
you know, I, I, the, the, the last track day I did was novice class. And I actually, I think I, you'd seen my post on Facebook. I accidentally ended up in the intermediate group. Um, which is interesting that that even happened. But, <laughs> but the point is the only, <laughs> the only thing I noticed, I really had no difficulty. It's just more people were passing me. Like right. you know, I was accustomed to novice groups. Some people would pass me usually pretty dangerously, but yeah. I was like, why, why is everybody passing me? But whatever, I'm just out there doing my thing. Like, whatever. And, uh, you know, eventually an instructor got in front of me, you know, did the tap on the back of the bike thing. So I followed him around and, um, you know, at the end of the session, we, we pulled off and he just kind of waved me over and he's like, Hey, you know, how was that? What'd you think? I was like, no, it's really good. Like I, I really got the lines better, you know, following behind you and whatever. And he fist bumped me. Like, I thought he was going to say, what are you doing out there? He's just like, all right, man, <laughs> have like, fun. You're, you're supposed to be a novice class. He fist bumped me and it's like, okay, see you later. <laughs> it's awesome. so I think he, he didn't realize it, it, it's weird because for some reason with writer's Academy, like they give you a writer's Academy sticker, this big sticker, Yeah, but it doesn't say what, where you're at. what group you belong in. Um, and so, you know, if you're just doing like a novice day or whatever, you have a thing that says you're a novice or you're intermediate, you're advanced. So when you're lined up on the grid, the guy that's, you know, the track control can see if you're in the right group or not. But this is, you know, anyone in Riders Academy, no matter what your level, same has the sticker. Same sticker. So, yeah, so that's basically how it's it funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that would be one advantage, you know, and most of the, the groups that I've seen either i've ridden with or i've i've seen online the the intermediate group they allow passing in the corners but it has to be done on the outside so no one's going to stuff you down the inside right you know they're not going to like stand you up out break you in the corner and you know make you change your line they can go they can pass you in the corner but they have to go around on the outside yeah i think safety track does it novice intermediate has to be outside pass and then expert you know whatever whatever you can do safely i guess yeah and most of the novice passing it from my experience is only when the bikes are straight, straight up and down so if the bike's leaning at all you're, you're not supposed to make a pass okay. and the idea is you don't change the other rider's line so you have to do it in a way that you don't affect their line so mm-hmm. if you've got to go extra wide or extra deep or whatever like that's on you to that's not not affect them yeah and I've had the same thing that you've had. I, you know, people have definitely passed me in places where I'm like, whoa, that's not right. Or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I told you. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was in the novice class that got yelled at. So this, that, third tra- <laughs> that third track day, it was actually funny. So I accidentally go in the intermediate group. You know, come off the track and realize none of my novice buddies are around. That's how I realized I had been in the wrong group. So when it was time for the next novice group, you know, I, I get online and we, we got reamed basically, you know, one of the instructors got on the, uh, the, the megaphone and he's like, this is absolutely the worst novice group I've ever seen in my uh, history at this track. And, no. and be, because there was some people making stupid passes and stuff. And yeah. I, I think they, they even, you know, supposedly safety track can be a little looser than other places. Right. Uh, but obviously they have their limits too. So I guess they just were like at the point where it's like, this is getting dangerous. It's not good. I think they had people who were fresh off the street, you know, squids, basically squids in motorcycle, you know, in, in track gear that had not done like the orientation, the rookie day or anything. And they were just out just ripping know, it, just ripping yeah. it. And it just was dangerous. You know, I saw a pass the person ahead of me that I was getting ready to pass. They're a little bit slower, but they were doing fine. And they got passed on the left and the right at the same time. It was on a straightaway, a little straightaway, but going into a left-hander. And 
I swear that the pass on the the right, you know, it was like basically he passed in a bike's width. Like that's how much space he had between that bike and the edge of the track. That's ridiculous. That, that's just yeah. no. That's like, you know, he should have gotten tossed out. It's just not. It's like a racing move at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And even that goes wrong sometimes. I, yep. I don't know. To, not not to get off on a tangent. Did you watch uh, the Ridge, the Moto America stuff at the Ridge? Only Saturday. We haven't watched okay. the Sunday it's, races um, yet. That is some wicked stuff. I mean, great, great racing, but I, I don't know. That, that, that chicane was ridiculous. That chicane. They said it was great because you know they wanted it there to slow down. You know that the car, the, the bikes, I guess, coming down that main straightaway, and and I guess it succeeded at that, but it did seem to cause some problems. Like, yeah, because it because it was freshly what it was freshly built. Maybe the transitions weren't great. The one super sport race, or was it race, or was it um, practice? The one bike who hit his engine case on the left side. Just, just basically bounced it off the curbing and just destroyed the bike. It's like wow, yeah. That, oh, that, already that track, that track was eating bikes left and right. I mean, even on the Thursday, the Dunlop practice, whatever it was, the, the test, the test. Yeah, day, Kyle you know, wadded up his. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. <laughs> and then again on Saturday, it's like, and that's why I don't. I guess I don't blame him. But then I saw his post. It was like Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning. It's like I'm calling it. I'm not. I'm not racing today. It's just not working. Oh, so he didn't run Sunday? No, he didn't run the Sunday oh. race because he would have he would have ended up with the stock motor and they would have had to reassemble the bike and I, whatever. I guess he's just like, and he would have started at the end of the grid because he didn't qualify. Move on to well, New Jersey yeah. and call it a day. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, we watched the Saturday events. I did. I hadn't got the Sunday yet. We were doing, well, we were doing our own riding in the yard. Kids had the bikes out and oh, cool. they completely destroyed what was left of the grass in my yard. So they had fun. <laughs> oh, cool. So, uh, so Rico, in the the track riding and stuff that you did, um, how how did how did you go about getting trained? You know, were you did you do any like formal courses or anything? Or? Yeah, so it's it's it was fairly similar to to the novice experience you guys have gone through, and um, you know, I've talked about it in a lot of the shows in the beginning when we started talking about the track days, as far as what to expect, uh, um, uh, you know, during the the track experience. And, you know, when to pass, you know, what, how they're going to instruct you. So we touched on a lot of that kind of high level um, uh, when we were initially getting into, especially when Rich decided to get the R6. Uh, we talked about um, a little bit more in, in, in depth. And I think that probably sparked a little bit more of his uh, interest, maybe. Um, and he just kind of plowed forward and, you know, he's been gung-ho ever since. So to go back, you know. Um, a lot of the experience was just like you had sent, had indicated with the novice group, how you were, uh, you know, and I don't know what aspect you, you want from this, but um, when you're riding the track, you know, they, they did, like you said, they teach you how to do the the hands-on with the throttle, hands-off with the throttles, you know, the body position, all that. So you kind of go through that throughout the, the, um, the sessions, the beginning sessions and one, two, three, and four sessions that I went to. Um, they kind of walk you through. And I think back then, uh, the riders that I rode with were pretty much, pretty much intermediate to advanced riding anyway. So I was kind of keeping up with the group because I've ridden with these guys on, trying to hold on. on the street, right. Yeah. Trying to hang on and just riding with these guys on the street, um, was something that, um, I was used to their style of riding. I already know what to anticipate with them goofing off and, you know, coming up beside you, turning off the, 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 the engine yeah, and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> there was a lot of your that. front brake. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of that going on. So I, you know, I went in cause it was a lot of fun. We, 
you know, the instructors that um, were teaching the class, they knew these guys um, and they had taught these guys before. So they were bringing me on so I could ride with them on a lot more occasions where they were just, you know, just wide open. Um, so I just told them, you know, you know, and I, when I was fairly new, I was just like, well, I want to get better at riding because you guys seem to just take off. We'll be going through the Metro parks or the back, you know, the back roads in the, in the, in the countryside. And these guys would just be gone. Just disappear. And I just, you know, yeah. Just disappear really. And just, they would hit some of these corners like, Oh my God, how these guys are, are doing this, you know? So, you know, and the more I wrote with them, the more I started asking questions. Was that like what to do? How did you, was that like following me when I had my Harley? Yeah. 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 (laughs) No meaning me on the Harley was you in the early days. Right. Right. (laughs) So, you you know, they would pull off way from me kind of thing, you know, and it was me and my brother too, but I was more into it because I wanted to ride like really fast. Like these guys were riding and the, you know, bubbles, he was, he was awesome. Um, he was fully dressed all the time. You know, he, he could, uh, articulate a lot of the things you, he was, you know, they were going to teach you in the class and so forth. So when I went in, I already had like a lot of notes that he had given me what to expect, how to do certain things. So I had, you know, worked on this stuff before I even went. So when I, when you go to the track and, you know, you're in the instruction and you're following and so forth, you're starting to piece all these things together and uh, just made for just an, an, an easy transition for me, especially because back then I was wild and crazy and was willing to take the risk um, that a lot of guys wouldn't take normally. So I was just, I was comfortable with leaning my bike. I was comfortable with just, you know, hauling to the turn, slamming on the brakes, dipping the bike down and, you know, gassing it through. So I was used to a lot of that already and just perfecting the skill. And just like you said, the different styles of flipping the bike and, you know, looking through the apex and all that. So looking through the turns, looking at certain points on the track, you know, so you're learning all these things and it's just compiling as you're, as you're getting faster and faster and you're starting to trust, you know, and it comes down to trusting your bike and your ability to take certain corners. I know that my bike can take the corner because you see people do these turns on, you know, at these speeds. So, you know, the bikes can do it. You see them going through the corner, like 10 mile an hour faster than you. And you're like, why am I hesitating? Right. Right. And you just have to trust. And I think once you gain that trust of you and your bike, I mean, there's nothing you can do at that point. So you're constantly pushing and pushing and you're starting to realize, you know, at certain points when you're, when you're adding the gas to the bike and you're leaning in and you're, you're giving them more gas and you're looking through and you're coming up, you can feel the tail end start to slip. But at the same time, you're confident enough to, to anticipate the slipping and ride through that slipping, you know what? And just yeah, keep on right. going. And, and you see a lot of guys on the track, especially in the pro tours, you see them slide out. You just see them just, they just keep hammer going, down, going, just keep yeah, on yeah. going. And the more you get used to that, that feeling, Cause I know when the first time I felt that slide out a little bit and you're like, Oh crap. And you poop your pants and you're, yeah. you know, you're, and you you're, don't you're chop the, the throttle. throttle everything. Do yeah. not chop the throttle. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so just kind of, kind of, you know, just learning through all that, you know, and, um, and just, you know, just, you know, just learning and doing it, I yeah. guess. 
Yeah. Did yeah. um did you like have any aha moments at any point like where you know you were having difficulty with something and then whatever someone pointed something out or you just tried something and it just oh yeah yeah um you know and, and I see Rich struggles with this too uh, with some of his writing is just leaning over to a particular side you're weak on you know my left yeah. side was always my faster side mm-hmm. than my right. writer side yeah. so it took me practicing and practicing leaning to my right a little bit more and trusting my ability on that side of the bike um, and just, just like you say, as far as the flipping the bike, and that was one of the key moments of uh, how to lay the bike over and and make some of the turns. That was one of the key moments. So I was like, Oh, this is what that feels like. And then just trusting that because your body still is like kind of leery about it, but it's just trusting your position on the bike, setting yourself up on the position on the bike and, and, and making those, you know, making those turns and just being able to ride through it. So, you know, those were a lot of the aha moments for my right side. The left side, I didn't really have a problem with. It was just that right side was always something scary. I don't know what it was. You know, it's like I'm leaning off the bike, but I'm not leaning as much as I was on the, on the, on the left side. So, you know, the more I just kept pushing myself and push myself, I could do this fast. I can do this faster. So I worked on that and I would go out to the parking lots. I remember. And just ride around in circles, trying to get that 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 right side down, you know. Yeah. So I did that a lot in um, setting up cones and just hitting it harder and harder. And um, eventually, I got comfortable with both sides. And it took time. It took it took a couple weeks to, or, you know, maybe a couple months by then. But um, as soon as I got it, I felt comfortable on both sides. And then, you know, now I can just I can even on big girl, you know, I, I ride her just like I ride my sport bike. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no that's cool but that, that's a that's a really good point though about about doing that if you need to just like take it back a notch like there's nothing wrong with doing parking lot drills or or whatever right. or yeah. slowing it down just so so you 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 can, can. nail the technique and you know right. it, it's just interesting like in, in all, everything i've done so far between reading and training and whatever um you know i just see guys riding guys and girls riding on the street and it just it concerns me because you mm. just you see bad technique or it's just like they they don't they don't even even know that what they're doing is wrong wrong, they they kind of get away with it but it's just like and then you think about the statistics like you know motorcycling is so dangerous and of course it can be but you know how much is avoidable i guess right right and you you know those new new people that just got their bikes when you see them ride you're like oh that's a new guy i point them (laughs) out all the time oh that person's new <laughs> well, just or, got that bike. or to Chris's point, where someone's ridden for a long time and developed a lot of bad habits, right? And I think too, with that, uh, when you first go get your endorsement, you know, you go through that class for those four days. I think you know, doing those refresher classes uh, to kind of shake off some of the bad uh, habits that you've built up over the years or that season um, to kind of sh- to sh- to shake that off a little bit and just to get re 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 reacclimated to writing the correct way because like you said chris you do pick up bad habits you think you got it and you've been riding for x amount of years but i think those courses you know will help people who've been riding for 5 10 15 years uh, just to go back and take those re- re- refreshers that they may have forgotten some of the things that they may have learned when they took the class initially if they took the class at all and I'm a big advocate about, you know, taking those classes because you'll learn so much more in those classes than you would than those, you know, 10, 15 years of writing without taking a course because they give you so much insight as far as what to look out for, how to divert, 
to avoid certain situations, how not to have be fixated on certain, you know, objects that you're about to run into, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. So, you know, those are things that, you know, I try to kind of go back to. I know I haven't, you know, I'm pretty bad at, you know, what I've been doing for the last couple of years. I haven't had the ability to kind of go back and and go through those courses again, uh, just to take those uh, advanced classes um, 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 to just kind of, go over the fundamentals i guess but if you you know when you're doing a lot of the track days you're learning all new techniques you know you're building on fundamentals and then you're learning the track things in those fundamentals when it comes down to track racing and so forth so you're having both sides of the coin and so you're that much better of a rider because you know both aspects so when you are riding you know in, uh, in certain situations where you're out goofing out with your guys on the back roads or whatever, you have that confidence and you you have that knowledge to 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 take the particular corners and you know not only that but when you when when you, when we got when we ride with big groups the 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 person who's leading the rest of the pack should automatically start thinking about okay who's my new rider. Where where are right. they in my pack? You know, right. so where's the lowest sure, common denominator of the group? Right, yeah. right. So you want to always look out for those guys because they'll kind of try to keep up with you if you're just you know blazing through the corner, drag your elbow through the corner. They're going to try and right follow you. follow you along, and that's how a lot of people get hurt. So especially yeah. when I ride, I try to be conscientious of that. Um, and that new guy riding sure for the first did. time. Sure you did. Except for Rich. <laughs> wait, Rich, Rigo, wait. You know, wait. But, he, but he's not a new guy, so. <laughs> he's not a new guy. He's been wait riding on for years. Wait for me. And, and, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be great when we go to um, uh, Teleco uh, this year um, um, to see Rich ride, you know. So I'm just going to sit back and just kind of watch him. I'm going to push him a little bit, but I just want to see him ride that bike, yeah. you know. Because I, I want to, you know, because when we first started riding, watch the progression of his 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 style of riding, which has been neat to me, and especially not only uh, Rich but John to watch John mm-hmm. evolve in his riding what skills, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You That's know, cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting what you said about you know doing refresher courses and things like that, and and particular, I guess, in and doing superbike school, it really sunk in the value of having a coach like work working with a coach and it doesn't even have to be like a trained professional i mean just even if you're just doing a track day you know having someone who can observe you so you get that objective give us feedback you know yeah and rich i think you and i had talked about you know like you get the the track photos from the track photographer you do a track day and you know like you you just know you were going through turn three like this yeah you're like, right. I'm Mark, dragging Mark my helmet Hens. on the ground. And then, and then you get and the then pictures like, and you're like, <laughs> like, wait, it's like, who took these I'm pictures? I'm out for a this Sunday not... drive. Like, what is this? Right. <laughs> you know, but, but at least you, you get that honest assessment. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with the coach, you know, like I said, things that they pointed out to me, I, I, I it wasn't that I was consciously thinking I was doing these things, but I didn't realize I was not doing those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So to have it, have it pointed out and then you do it. And it's like, well, I, well, that that got easier. It's really kind of right, right. It's all it, it's almost like you have mm-hmm. to over exaggerate, you know, like your head turns and you know yeah, and, right. and certain things. So right. so if it, it, kinda, if it feels like you're overdoing it, you're probably going in the right direction. That's what I've realized right. is, yeah, the couple of pictures that look good. I was saying to myself, okay. I was kind of cheating because I, I spotted Raul out in the woods and I'm like, okay, right, so you're, yeah, you're I'm like, next time I come by, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna be dragging myself on the ground, right? And then you look at the picture and you're like, I'm kind of getting there, but 
No, still, still. It's so humbling getting those damn photos back. You know, yeah. yeah you know, what's really funny too is I've had a couple cases where the same thing, like I know where the photographer is and yeah. like, I'm going like, to like, do I'm my best it. on this turn. And then he grabs a photo and there's like an instructor behind me, like with his leg, <laughs> yes. his leg stuck out off the bike or like he's yes. stepping on the other side of the bike yeah. or the wheels in the air. Like, oh. <laughs> I give up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've had those before. It's cool. It's cool just to see the luck. It's like a racer going by you on the outside or something. You're like, yeah, right. No luck. No luck. But I, I will say though, I, th- I think the track riding, if nothing else, gives you confidence and it raises your safety margin. That's that's what I take away from it. Mm-hmm. It's, you're improving your vision. You're improving your bike skills. Your bike handling skills, and then you have such a such higher degree of confidence in your machine and your abilities that on the street it's almost laughable now. Like you're like, okay, well, if I've got to, if I've got to go extra hard in this corner, no big deal. If I got to stop, I can stop. Cause I know that there's a lot more braking on this bike than I've ever thought there was before. Mm-hmm. So it just raises my, my confidence to ride in the street. But on the flip side, <laughs> it's also boring. Cause you, you can't get that high on the street. Like you can on the track. I mean, yeah. And, and that's why I'm kind of now like just looking at the street riding as you know, just enjoying, and I always did, but just focusing on the touring aspect. Yeah, I almost oh, feel like get, I need a touring bike. Getting out and looking around and just seeing things. And because, you know, and I've only done a handful of track days, but just with what I've done, it, you know, it's like I know where I can get that feeling and that rush. And it's like, I, I don't have to do it on the street because two weeks, you know, I'm going to go to the track yeah. or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going back to CMP or we're going to try Barber next year. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so you hold off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting the number of, you know, track day people and racers I've talked to who they don't ride. It's, it's, not, it's not like they're afraid, but they're like, they're like, yeah, no, it's like, I, I don't want to do it anymore because it's, it's a different skill set. That's, that's what they say. It's like, it's yeah. just a different thing. It's like, yeah, yes, you know, the physics and the similar technique is similar, but there's like this whole bunch of other things you have to worry about or think about when you're on the street. Let me just, I'm just going to go to the track and, you know, yeah. All right. You know, and the the initial, you know, I thought this was going to be wildly expensive, and I'm I'm not minimizing it at all. But once you have everything set up, then it's really the track day fee. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you have fuel and you replace tires more often and stuff like that. Right. But you know, once you get over that initial thing of okay, I've got my bike set right, I've got the gear, you know, all the right gear and everything. You know, now I just fork out the track day fee and off you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's taken a while to get there. And of course now I'm like, hmm, say I've lost a little weight. Maybe I should get a new suit next year. It doesn't really fit anymore. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like playing golf, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah these gloves, gloves are three years old, but you know, there's new stuff now. Right. Have, uh, have you looked into, uh, airbag technology at all? Yeah, I have. For a suit? Yeah. You're thinking about doing it or. I'm giving it some thought. Probably if I do it, it'll be a universal one that I can also wear on the street. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm thinking if I, if I invest in that, I will, will probably wear it all the time. Yeah. You know, probably not something built into the suit. It'll be more universal. Right. So are you thinking like an external or like a, in, like a helite kind of thing or. Uh, like in, no, in, probably not. Probably one, like under. More, like, yeah. Some like, under like, like electronic. Yeah. Yeah. Either so the, know, um, was it climb or Alpine stars? One of those two. Yeah, Cause I, I know there definitely are some, I don't know if it's all the manufacturers, but there definitely are ones that, well, either I don't know if they either adapt or you can switch them between like track and street mode because the the algorithms can be different. Yeah, you know there there are some that it's like nope, street only. 
Like, in fact, I think um, Dionese has that. I forget what they call it. It's like the vest that they advertise for street. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like street only. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just, like I said, but my suit is a cheap one anyway. But like I said, I now that I've lost a little weight, it doesn't fit right. And it, the arms didn't fit me right anyway. I, my arms are short relative to my body. So that's that's a struggle to begin with. And now that the suit's a little looser, it even it it fits badly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah he's half T-Rex anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, my, my arms are short. <laughs> all, my, all my height is in my torso. So when I get things that fit, my upper body, you know, the legs are all wrong and the arms are way, the arms are way too long. The legs are out of whack. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to get with your guys up there at heroic and do something custom. Right? I, I was going to say that. I mean, you could definitely talk to Todd, you know, maybe he'll, he'll work a, work a deal for you, especially if you wanted to, you know, put some, put your, uh, you know, loud pipes, uh, racer or something on the back. That'd be pretty sweet. So we want to do our eight days a week and we got to take a break. So, Give us a little preview where, where you headed with the show in the next, let's say in the next few months or next year for as much as you want to share. And then we'll take a break and we'll do our eight days update. Sure. That, that is a really good question. I haven't thought that much ahead. Come um, on, you have a mission statement. How do you not have a plan? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the one year plan and the five year plan. Um, you know, it's funny because I've toyed around with the idea of changing the name of the podcast. Um, just because there there does seem to be, I don't know if stigma is the right word, right? But you know, people hear this, so you want to ride a motorcycle. And I, I guess it just communicates new rider, beginner, you know, kind of thing. So it, it's kind of hard now that I'm covering a broad range of topics. I think I may be missing some audience. Like unless they've heard an episode or something, it makes them right. the marketing a little harder. But I've also invested, you know, so much into the quote unquote brand and whatever. You know, I, I don't know that I'm going to take the time to do that. I actually thought about doing two separate things, like you know, yep. so you want to race a motorcycle as a separate podcast. Yeah. But then I'm like, like really, I, like I'm having trouble getting out one episode a week. Am I really going to do two episodes a week? Well, just add um, on to it. So now you'll just have. So you want to ride a motorcycle fast? Well, right. So you want to ride that, a motorcycle that, faster? <laughs> that is kind of like the, the, it's not. It's not like actually it is on the hat here. Like I revised the logo, so it's so you want to ride a motorcycle. Dot dot dot. Right. Right. Like right. It, and then it's like fill in the blank kind of thing. Yeah. Faster, um, better. Yeah. Yeah. Smarter. Exactly. And and that's kind of the intro to my podcast. I say that. Um, but so like short short term. Um, yeah, I want to keep doing. I've been doing the Facebook Live uh, videos. You know, basically Zoom, and then I just stream to Facebook Live, which is good because I will get some you know people watching live and they can ask questions and stuff. Yeah. So that's been kind of cool. And then I just pump it out as a podcast. I'm going to keep doing that. I've actually got three three interviews lined up. Um, there's there's and this it's it's in the works. There may be an opportunity. I'm not going to say specific because I don't know if it's going to happen. There may be the possibility of interviewing someone in in the world of MotoGP. Mm, so nice. That's, that's a little teaser. Getting, that's maybe getting kind of interesting. So, you heard it here you know, first. <laughs> just where just where just where it's like you know I think I've done it all. What am I going to do? It's like you know sometimes door, doors open up or whatever. Um, I still love the racing stuff. So I think you know I do think I've lost some listeners because of that. You know, because there are people who email me and they go, I love your show. I love the content, but I'm just not into racing. So I'm out. And and I understand that. Right. But I wonder um, that as well. You know, as I've moved to, to sport bikes and track days, you know, people do people tire of that or do they are they interested in it? Like, you know, like Rico said, it's an interesting transition and we continue yeah. to grow that. You know, is it time to have is it time to carve that out and 
you know, Bryce and I talked mm-hmm. about it at Road Atlanta was, you know, maybe he and I do a, a racing show or something, you know, split it out, but sure. no one's really said anything specific. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I, I just happen to be interested in the racing thing, but aside from, I was always interested in racing and I followed car racing before I got into motorcycles and now it's motorcycle racing. But to me, it's like, it's the top, it's the top of what we do. That's one of the things that interests me. So like, even if you're a street rider, okay. And you don't really follow racing or whatever. That doesn't mean you can't learn something like these are just very interesting people, period, just because of what they do and how they live their Mm -hmm. lives. You know, these are people performing at the top level of what you can do on a motorcycle. So, you know, maybe there's a well, couple the, things. And the interviews learn. bring a lot, a lot more conversation than just the racing. Like, um, your last yeah. one with uh, Melissa Paris there, yes, like, yeah. there were some very interesting topics there that really well, didn't have, they were very, very loosely connected to racing. You know? Yeah, it, w- it was kind of funny. Like, I, I loved the, the t- couple of things she said. You know, one about how you know, her husband, Josh Hayes, right? He's famous, you know, uh, motorcycle racer. You know, how one of their forms of marriage counseling or whatever is they, they just get out on the dirt track, the dirt oval. It's like they go to American super camp or something. They just nice. bang handlebars. <laughs> it's like, it's just, nice. you know, all the problems melt away. It's like, it, it puts everything into perspective kind of thing. Um, or, you know, <laughs> she, it was even funny. She said that, uh, well, I guess when they first were married, you know, he's evidently Southern gentleman type and sh- she's not from that, you know, Southern bell kind yep, of upbringing, yep. you know, right. She's the, the chief wrench, right. For a stock 1000 bike. Um, you know, and so she she said to him one night, you know, hey, let's let's go to the, the, the track and rip some laps. And he's like, no, nah, you know, I don't really feel like it tonight. So she's like, okay. So she loaded up the bike, her bike in the truck, and she took off. And he was like, well, what happened? Like, that's... I, lo- I couple, love that story. Are we, couple, yeah. are we supposed to do couple stuff? You know, it's like, <laughs> she's like, well, you don't want to go. So it's like, that's fine. I went. I had to. Yeah. So I went. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, yeah so that, that's, that's been kind of fun. So anyway, so yeah, keep going with that. Um, I do want to mix it though, so it's not just racing. You know, I did Break Free recently. I know, yeah. Rich, you're not a big fan of the product, which I get totally fine. But even that was interesting just to hear their perspective on things. Uh, so I, I want to kind of not just the racers, but kind of mix it in, you know, with different products, maybe different industry people, if I can do it, but definitely geared towards the, you know, interviewing people and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. So still mainly keeping it to yourself and, and guests would be the the format going forward. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. Yeah, like uh, actually, I mean, Jen and I will do one together. We, we did this Dirt Bike Academy. So since it was actually her idea to do it, we're going to interview the guy that does the school together. You know, we'll do some stuff like that. But yeah, nice. Let, you know, but but I'm but I'm open. You know, it's like I'm I'm still co-hosting on Throttle when I can. You know, I'm not always able to join, but gotcha. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Well, very nice. Well, old man Slacker, we will ask you to prepare your eight days a week and. We'll thank a few people. We have some good ones for this episode. So for episode 190, I first want to thank Rich Poge for uh, his contribution. And in the clubhouse, he is known as FLHR Rich. And he came in with a whopper for episode 190. So Rich, thank you for that. Much appreciated. And I also want to thank Dangerous Dave. He's on the monthly support now. So appreciate it. Dave was on last episode talking about Sturgis. Uh, Him and John and the crew were out there having a good time uh, you can listen to that that's uh, episode 189 and we also have our monthly list we want to thank that would be tim kevin chuck zion and now dangerous dave thank you all for your support much appreciated and if you want to join the individual list of supporters for 191 or if you want to get into ongoing monthly you can do that at loudpipes.net slash donate one-time donations uh including rich 
will get a sticker pack. So sending those out, 10 bucks or more, and we'll be in the mail. And I'm slacking on a couple. Sorry, guys. I know, Kevin, you haven't got yours yet. It's in the mail. Slacker. Checks in the mail. It's like a month old. It's the post office. The post office is... You know, the post office is having trouble now. Corona. I can't do anything about it. You know, it's... Corona. (laughs) Sitting on my desk. Um, (laughs) And I've been sending them out to the monthly supporters as well. And lastly, if you're interested in a free motorcycle day, you can head over to loudpipes.net slash twisted road. And this is a referral program. Uh, we had Austin Rothbard on the show uh, from Twisted Road a while ago, and we liked the, his referral program. So anyone that that uh, signs up gets a free day from us, and then we get a, a referral back so that we can rent bikes and review and, and all that stuff. So labpipes.net slash Twisted Road. Where's the button? Where is it? You turn. You turn. This one. 190 episodes. I think I'd have that done. You would think by now. Maybe maybe it's funnier that I that I don't. Maybe that's what it is. It's a gag. That's it. It's a it's a feature of the show. So. It's a feature. You know, <laughs> we're gonna have a beer. There's gonna be a U-turn. Rich is gonna miss the button, and and now Again. Chris is gonna well, give us you, it, his. You know, his if, you, if you had your technical director, you wouldn't have to worry about this. That's thing. what it is. No, no John tonight. I'm I'm all right. flummoxed. <laughs> flummoxed. All right, eight days a week. Work. So, do, do you happen to have the original list? Oh, I'm. Oh, probably not. Yo, you're I'm testing playing. me now. You know what? Hold on. Oh. I'd have to go back to the archive Slack because mm. yeah, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of time at it. But let me just see something. I might actually. Nope. Thought it might be in Google Keep. Uh, I probably vaguely remember it. John made a spreadsheet at one point, and I know we had pinned it. Uh, so Sir Mike was the one who came up with the idea. And I know it was a pinned item at one point. Oh, man. I don't. I don't have it. No that worries. would be good. I'll, I'll if, probably remember remember some of it. If I find Next it, show. I'll put it in the show notes. So, at 190. <laughs> so I'll tell you one thing interesting. And it's not, uh, not that I'm going to put this bike on the list. But so Sunday we went out for the ride. And uh, you know, on, on the Z900 RS, and, and by the way, I, I'm still trying to decide what to do with the Vulcan S because the bike it just sits in the garage. It's such it's such a shame. It's like I ride it like once every couple of months or something. But anyway, long story short, it's a great bike, but it's just sitting there. So it, it may have to I may have to sacrifice it for a track bike or something like that. I, I have two words for you, or maybe it's one word: flat tracker. <laughs> Ah, actually, there was someone that was someone that made a flat checker out of that bike. Um, anyway, so the point I was getting to, so Sunday we went for a ride. I'm on the Z900 RS. We leave the neighborhood, get onto kind of the major road. And for whatever reason, I go to hit the brakes. And and it wasn't true, but the momenta- momentaneous thought was the brakes are not working, right? Simply because the last bike I had ridden was that BMW S1000RR. <laughs> and I had gotten spoiled just by how, yeah, <laughs> and effective those brakes. Yeah, just like, I was like, it's like, what, what's happening? Here? You know, like, yeah, that was um, like when we rode the Modus, and <clears throat> and Lee was telling us, you know, a, a lot of bikes, especially on the MSTR, you know, one finger braking. But he's like, this is like pinky braking. Just <laughs> just give it a little, hmm. a little, a little something. Um, yeah. All right. So, so anyway, so so I'm gonna have to put something sport bike related on the list. But oh. I, I do remember one of the things on the list was I forget 
what you call it, but you remember Paris Dakar rally? Mm-hmm. They have those support trucks that, that the oh, big yeah. trucks that right that they actually race those things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that off the list in favor of like a toy hauler. Like, okay. So definitely need you know, like a night. Uh, Gina's not in favor of it, so this is this is gonna be a hard sell possibly. But you know, I'm like, really? talking about like one of them big motorhome kind of deals, right? With the space, the garage in the back, you know, so you can put a couple bikes this way. We can go to. We can just ride down to a Moto America race, set up camp. You know, have, yep. have 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 a scooter or something, so I can buzz around instead of walking the track when I'm doing photos and stuff like that. Because as much as much as I like the exercise, it's getting a little tired. <laughs> you know, it's like well, and then mm-hmm. you got to bring your track 90 bike. Ninety degree weather, <laughs> and then of course the track bike because there's usually track days yeah, before Monday. or after Moto America. Yeah. All right. So so we'll put that as the as the first item on the list. All right. Um, still happy with the Z900 RS, so we're gonna keep that. Okay. Um, if the Vulcan S was on, I'm sorry, Vulcan S, it's off. It's sorry. Really, Goodbye. I, I got to do something with that. Um, let's think. Third day. All right. Well, let me pick uh, you your know, brain then. If yeah. if you're getting a track bike, now you got to think ultimate. Now, what what is the track weapon of choice? Mm. Okay, the eventual or what I know I need to start with. Money's no object, my friend. No, I, no, but but you know what? All right, so here's super okay, here's, here, done. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I want I want at least part of this collection to actually be rideable. Okay. So, so I'm actually going to put in there. I'm going to put a, a Ninja 400, but like properly set up for the track. Nice. Like like, like oh. properly properly geared up and whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, definitely need a supercharger in the stable. So. The only ZH2? problem is the the, the Z the, yeah like the the H two is just honestly so ugly to me like I hate to say it I love Kawasaki but it, it's just too transformerish so <laughs> now nah, we'll have to go we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to go with the H two the the one the touring one what's the the S E S S X S E plus okay so we'll throw that on what is that day three that was that's four. A uh, day four. Okay, now actually, so this this is interesting, right? So this has changed. So I know I had the personal watercraft, the Polaris, on there, which that was cool. That was a lot of fun, but I don't have much time for that, so we're, we're going to kick that off. However, sounds like two track bikes to me. Well, yeah. well, well, we'll we'll get there. But New York Safety Track is a fly-in track. Mm. Um, so I don't have the pilot license yet. Oh, but some kind of whatever. I don't know. We should, we should probably make it a dual prop, right? Some kind of dual prop little beach, you know, pu- beach puddle ground. jumper. Yeah, it can bring some friends. Like six, six seater or something like that. Um, are we up to a million dollars yet? <laughs> I'm just going to generically say <laughs> aircraft. That, that's fine. <laughs> aircraft. Um, Twin engine. All right. So then track bike. The, the track bike. What's the track bike that I'm going to grow into? What do you think, Rico? What would you uh, like? Exotic is fine. Like we we could we could go Ducati. We could go. Well, or, or should we? I don't know. Should we get, go like old, R1. We Go like old school. Go get, get an R one. R one M. Yeah. 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 That's where I would go. I think if I were going to go for a track bike, especially a new one, I would go with that bike. All right, all right. So, so here's here's actually what I'm gonna say. So let's do that. Let's put the Yamaha R1M. So, Rich, if you have if you and I ever get a chance, you come up to New York Safety Track and we're gonna ride together. You could ride that one. Um, With and then pleasure. Let's let's put uh, yeah, let's put the Ducati on there. What should we put on there? 
Oh, wait, actually, Ooh. wait, wait. What did the I just twelve nine nine? No, no, no. Hold on. What was that special? That's old school, Hogan. Is that the KTM? True. No, what's, what's the bike? I just saw there's a replica. They're doing like 100 units. It's a MotoGP bike. Is that a Yamaha? Okay, let's, just say, let's just say, no, it, it's, no. Like, it's like MotoGP level. I think it's like a replica. But, so well, Triumph Mo- does the Moto2 engine. So they had a, they had a race spec Moto2 bike. They were going to make a few of them. Speaking of KTM, MotoGP, man, those guys, they, 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 got their, they got their program together. Yeah, they do. Although I'm getting, I'm getting my butt kicked. I mean, I don't know if you listen to uh, Greg's Garage podcast. The, the uh, yeah, right. So they cover, you know, Moto America, Moto GP, all that kind of stuff, and and they're participating. Like their listeners are in the fantasy league, Moto GP fantasy league. Nice. And uh, I'm getting killed because I made the mistake. I forgot after um, Marquez got hurt, I forgot to change my like swap him out oh <laughs> so, so he's been on so, the bench so he, so he was he, yeah so he he was he oh. was in there for like one round so i lost a whole bunch of points because of that all right any rate so um right so we'll put moto gp replica that's good enough um that's seven that's seven okay and then I, oh, and then of course i need well that's what this would be a good project i need the uh what do you call it the z1 kawasaki z1 900 right the one that my uh my retro is based on the all oh, the originals uh, the original the 72 or whatever it is, is the, it one, the one the H, one h1 no z1 yeah it was z1 900 i think was the original okay that's the that's the one that people constantly confuse my bike for i still thought funny. it was the dang it yeah. i thought it was the h1 all right let me check it out Where's the where's the TD when you need him? Z1 Kawasaki Wikipedia. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the Z1. You're right. Yeah, Z1 900. Yep. All right. So that's 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 all eight. I filled up the garage. You filled it up. I got a toy hauler, Z900 RS, Ninja 400, Ninja H2 SX SE Plus. If you're fancy. An aircraft R1M MotoGP replica, and the project is a, a Z1 original. All right, we'll stick with that. Nicely nice. done. Nice. Nicely very, done. Very good. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, have, have you ever bothered to like figure out who's the top dollar winner in the uh, eight days contest? Well, good point. Probably, Actually, probably, probably Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> I was say. He, he had real estate, like- <laughs> <laughs> shopping trips, you know, like, man, oh, man. That was pretty fun, though. He he took a different spin on the eight days a week, and that mm. was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think he was kind of looking at it as eight things. What would to you do, do like, each like, day? What would yeah. you do with your eight days of the week? But that's that's still like you're building your epic week instead of like yeah. your ultimate garage. I mean, that's garage. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and thanks for the connection too. Oh, you know, absolutely. I, you've yeah. been to more races, and you get a lot more guests than we do. We. We do that occasionally, but that's not yeah. you know not what we do all the time. So that was really cool to hang out with him. Yeah. No, he's he's a good dude, and and he's been good about just you know introducing me to people at the track and whatnot. So that's been kind of cool. You know, he uh, ended up actually the, the the first round when uh, I went to Road Road America, the one with you know didn't have spectators or anything. You know, he invited me out to dinner right because he's crewing for Max Flinders, so I got to yep. hang out with those yep. guys. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, good guy. 
His podcast is good too. How did he He's do had some good How did Flinders do on Sunday? Well, I haven't watched Sundays yet. You know, I, honestly, I am not sure. I didn't, I didn't see the results. I got the impression he was struggling. I know the previous round he injured himself. Um yeah. But uh, did he have a practice crash too during a Dunlop test? I thought he had an incident there that too. Is, that is possible. There was there was quite a few. It was, quite it was like my last track day. It was a mess. The bikes going off the track all over the place. Oh, really? Yeah. Even a rider took out one of the coaches. Hmm. I was like, what is that, going on here? That's a bad day right there. Probably as a quick ticket out of the park. <laughs> would be my you know, guess. it's funny. He was looking for a bump. He was being evaluated for a bump. And oh. we come down into turn 14 and the two of them were laying out in the gravel trap. I was like, I don't think he's getting a bump. <laughs> <laughs> or not the way oh, he, he's not oh, getting bumped I, up I the thought, way he wants. I thought you said if I take out the instructor, I get the bump. <laughs> <laughs> I was setting that up for three laps. Yeah, you said take him out for a good time. I did. I took him out. I had a good time. <laughs> what does, just out of curiosity, Moto Marco, what do you think about this controversy in uh, super sport, right? Over, you know, Richie Escalante is kind of dominating now on the. The, the ZX6R, right, which is the 636 cubic, you know, a cubic centimeter instead of uh, 600. And yeah, well, I two thoughts I have on that. So one, Escalante is a heck of a rider, so I don't want to take yeah. anything away from that. I mean, he's he's got talent for days. I don't, I'm not sure that a 600 or a 636 is going to make much of a difference for him. Yeah. But at the same time. I think the bike should be a 600. If it's a 600 class, it should be a 600 period. Yeah. I'm actually curious to check out the, the rules. Especially because it's an inline four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. If it was like, like, you know, world Superbike or, or any of those series where you've got inline four and V four and, you know, V twins and they have differing displacements. I, I get that, but I don't know. It just feels like it should be a 600. I'm just curious to see what the maximum displacement is. But in all fairness, the, what they say, the bike was homologated six years ago. So it's not, the bike didn't yeah, show that, up right, this year. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the points <laughs> that's been made is like, you know, it, yeah, it's been running. It's been running out there. It's just not, you know, whatever. Not the right team, not the right rider, whatever happens to be. And so now it's just something to but pick the, on. The one I really hate is the Ninja 400. I, I hate that that's a thing because that's like a third more CCs than the other bikes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Which I think is why pretty much everybody is on. Everyone's on a Ninja 400. Yeah. Because so almost a spec. I can get a hundred more horsepower. Yeah. That's an easy one, but I, yeah. I, I don't like that. And I don't, I don't know what Kawasaki's doing with that anyway. Like why do they have to change that? And why is the 600 have to be six, three, six? Where does that come from? That's yeah. I don't know. That's a, uh, that's, that's, that's actually just interesting question. Yeah, I would like to just go all the way back to Kawasaki and be like, well, why? Like, why the bump? Right. Right. And why aren't you guys racing in Superbike? Exactly. Well, they <laughs> apparently they have a lot of money on the table. They have a lot of contingency money on the table. Yeah. I guess no one, yeah. I, I know that there's a couple running in Stock 1000, but I don't think anyone's running in Superbike. Well, there's an interesting topic. How about Escalante moves up to a ZX-10R in Superbike? That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, he's he's riding the wheels off of that thing. I don't care how many CCs is on it. Yeah, yeah. It's been some great racing, too. I mean, you know, because Sean Dillon Kelly is is no slouch. You know, no. He's, he's got some skills, and then Brandon Posh. So. Yeah. 
He had a did, nasty uh, crash on yeah, Saturday at the you, bridge. Did you see what happened? Like all I saw was, you know, the only video I saw was after he was off the bike and the bike was, you know, kind of flying across the view, but I didn't hear what happened. Did you? They didn't, they didn't end up showing it. I guess they didn't have video of it, but it looked like he just fell off the bike is, is the way the video portrayed it. Yeah. Right as he tipped into the that chicane. Yeah. Slid out from under him. When you see him, when you finally see him in the frame, you know, in the picture, the bike's going straight and he's basically falling off the left side of the bike. Right. So we, I don't know if he if he leaned in, hit the curb, upset the bike and fell off it. I there's just the video doesn't show it. Maybe did a vinyalis. <laughs> the brakes aren't working. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's bail, bail, bail. That's kind of what it looked like because he jumped, jumped off or fell off yeah, the left side of the yeah. bike. Is what it looked like. Yeah. So I don't know if it's from contact or, or what. Yeah. I look, I look quickly like the Motor America website. I didn't see any news stories that, you know, it mentioned the accident, but not what happened. So, uh, well, and then they got hit by his own bike out. as he was tumbling. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there was some nasty ones. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Where, yeah. So, wear, your, wear your gear, people. Wear your right. gear. Buy as, as good a gear as you can afford and yeah. Yeah, wear it as much as possible, especially if you're on the track. Absolutely. All right. Well, fellas, I'm going to wrap this one up and then sounds good. we can have a, have a little shutdown after. Uh, no, no, meet, no, no meetups. No events, really, just except the meetup that's coming up in October 9th through the 12th. Um, see, John's not here again. He usually does this. And if mm-hmm. all goes well, Rico and I will be at the Isle of Man in June. Corona and uh, everything willing. Yeah. Notes of this show can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 190. We have links there to leave feedback, subscribe to the show via your favorite podcast app and links to our social media. And we'll put uh, some links to topics we talked about this evening. And I want to call out, so what I'll probably do, Chris, is I'll call out some of the episodes that we mentioned. Sure. You know, like, uh, cool. you know, Keith Code and Moto yeah. Jitsu and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Just give people some nice direct links for that. Cool. And if you found some value in the show, consider supporting us over at loudpipes.net slash donate. You can also leave us a note there. Rico will read it on the next show, as he always does. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else. So let's see. Again, stalling, looking for the button, closing. You think I would just name these clear and... Closing. All right. Kick stands up. <laughs> Rico, that's for you. Let's do this, Brutus. All right. <laughs> Chris. <Don't> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks good for night. Uh, we need John falling apart. Consider supporting the show. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.